Welcome back. As we head into our final day of the week, this Friday, August 26, 2022, it's good to be with you. It's Open Lines Friday, 602-508-0960, if you'd like to uh, weigh in uh, or uh, raise a topic. I uh, will do my uh, formal monologue, formal monologue at the top of the third hour. It's going to address uh, the issue of Mark Zuckerberg, the media, what he said on the Joe Rogan show and the 2020 election. We can talk about that before then, if you'd like as well. What I wanted to kind of focus on just in this uh, opening here is the speech that Joe Biden gave last night in Maryland uh, this is um, just a little bit of a sample and portion of it. Bear with me, and I'll get you that audio right here. Conservative Republicans. I don't respect these MAGA Republicans. So, yeah, he starts off by saying, I respect conservative Republicans. I don't respect these MAGA Republicans. Let me, let me see if I can get the whole thing here. I respect conservative Republicans. I don't respect these MAGA Republicans. The MAGA Republicans don't just threaten our personal rights and economic security. They're a threat to our very democracy. They refuse to accept the will of the people. MAGA Republicans don't have a clue about the power of women. Trump and the extreme MAGA Republicans have made their choice to go backwards, full of anger, violence, hate, and division. But we've chosen a different path. Forward. This is Joe Biden last night. Elsewhere in that speech, he said MAGA Republicans don't believe in democracy. They embrace, embrace political violence. That was right after he said they're a threat to our democracy. He said they refuse to accept the will of the people and they embrace political violence. MAGA Republicans embrace political violence. We are the semi-fascists. Um, he respects conservatives. He doesn't respect MAGA Republicans. What respect for conservatives has Joe Biden actually shown? At the beginning of this year, he compared Republicans who voted against his election reform legislation, which would have nationalized elections, he said – a consequential at consequential moments in history, you are presented a choice. Do you want to be on the side of Dr. King or George Wallace? Do you want to be on the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor? Do you want to be on the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis? Notice each of the negative, each of the pejorative people he was comparing Republicans to George Wallace, Bull Connor, Jefferson Davis, all of them of course, were Democrats, but he was grafting their racism onto the Republican Party, a Republican Party that was built and has sustained its opposition to the very views of the George Wallace's, the Bull Connors, the Jefferson Davises. If you want to see one of the most heated interviews William Buckley ever did on Firing Line, is William Buckley a conservative in good standing? The most heated, one of the most heated uh, interviews William Buckley ever did on Firing Line. It was with George Wallace. And there's Joe Biden comparing us to all of those, including the insurrectionist 
Jefferson Davis, and then, of course, doubling down, calling us semi-fascists. About Mitt Romney, is Mitt Romney a conservative he respects? Is Mitt Romney a moderate Republican to Joe Biden? Well, what did he say about Mitt Romney in 2012 when Mitt Romney was running for president? He said to a black audience that Mitt Romney wants to put you back in chains. That's his view. This false dichotomy he is creating exists nowhere except in the people's pens who write the speeches he delivers. As far as us being a party of violence, a party of violence? Did we call out Supreme Court justices by name and say that they that were coming for you and that they will inherit the whirlwind? Or perhaps he was thinking of some of this. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. There needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. you got to be ready to throw a punch. You have to be ready to throw a punch. Donald Trump, I think you need to go back and, and punch him in the face. That I thought he should have punched him in the face. I feel like punching him. I'd like to take him behind the gym if I were in high school. If we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. No, I wish we were in high school, I could take him behind the gym. I will go and take Trump out tonight. Take now, now. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. Yeah. It can go on and on and on. Never mind Kamala Harris helping raise funds for rioters throughout the summer of blood and rioting in 2020. Meanwhile, the question I have is name me one Republican that you can think of whose name comes to mind. Someone should ask Joe Biden. Name me one Republican who has called for violence. Now, look. This is not a new thing. We have talked about this before, but it's not our party that graphs words like fascism on to our opponents. It's their party. And it's every Republican, conservative, moderate, you name it. It's even the Republicans who have died, who they now say were great models of the Republican Party. At Barry Goldwater's convention, it was reported in the San Francisco Chronicle that Mein Kampf was the Bible. An entire magazine dedicated itself in 1964 to a cover story of mental health experts claiming Barry Goldwater was mentally unfit to hold the office of the presidency. Does anyone remember George W. Bush, the saintly George W. Bush, the moderate, now moderate George W. Bush that Joe Biden says he misses? Well, when he was president, we saw signs that said Bush Hitler. In 1980, Jimmy Carter said Ronald Reagan was injecting racism into his campaign. Here's a headline from 1985. Congressional Black Caucus calls... Reagan, a racist. It's nothing new. What's new is the permission, the countenance that's been given by the Democratic Party and the media to this kind of language. The Democratic Party has a chairman, by the way. The DNC has a chairman. The chairman of the DNC is named Jamie Harrison. Earlier this year, he said, quote, 
The Republican Party has become a party of fascism and fear. Think about that. He maybe needs to get together with Joe Biden because he's talking about the whole party now, not just MAGA Republicans. Think about the fascism, though, for a moment. Let's think about what is entailed with fascism. Let's think about what fascism constitutes. The curtailment of civil liberties, the suspension of habeas corpus, or as the chairman of the DNC said, the Republican Party is a party of fascism and fear, perhaps fear, instantiating fear into the population. Well, let's think about all those Republicans who have suspended civil liberties and habeas corpus and instantiated fear into the population. Anthony Fauci, is he a Republican? How about governors like Cuomo and Whitmer and Newsom who implanted fear in the population over the coronavirus, overseeing the seizures of property and travel? It's almost as if words have totally lost their meaning. Donald Trump and the Republicans wanted businesses and schools to say open, but of course, they're the fascists. And of course, the deaths have expanded and increased under Joe Biden versus Donald Trump on that very issue where Joe Biden said Donald Trump was not legitimately the president of the United States with 200,000 deaths on his watch, though Joe Biden has had more party of fear and fascism. And now the MAGA Republicans are semi-fascists to Joe Biden. So much for this great uniter. So much for healing the divisions in this country. So much for understanding what democracy is or what fascism is. The Democratic Party may be a lot of things. Its leaders, Jamie Harrison and Joe Biden, may be a lot of things politically. Psychologically, they're a party of projection. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. This open lines Friday, 602-508-0960. Portions of this show are brought to you by my good friends at Y Refi. They are good friends. A lot of you got to meet them the other night at the Larry Elder movie premiere. If you're looking for a really remarkable investment opportunity, check out my friends at Y-Refi, they are offering up a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10 and a quarter percent return for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm where the investors do really well by doing good for others, and you can be a part of it. Check them out at investyrefi.com. The word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y, Dot com invest y refi.com or give them a call 855-316-3087 855-316-3087 don and lane they're great guys they really are they're here locally and uh, you can meet with them too they won't give you a sales pitch they'll just tell you what they're up to and let that speak for itself by the way there was one other thing about joe biden's speech last night where he said quote the very survival of our planet is on the ballot Your right to vote is on the ballot, even democracy. Are you ready to fight for these things now, he asked? What do you think that language does if you take it seriously? And I suppose we're supposed to take it seriously. If you're told that the other party is putting the very survival of the planet at risk, if you're told that the other party is 
going to take away your right to vote on the ballot. If you're told that the other party is a threat to democracy and that you should be ready to fight for these things, who's catalyzing and encouraging violence? Who's using extreme rhetoric? It doesn't pass the smell test. Let's go to Keith in Atlanta. Hello, Keith. Hey, how are you, Seth? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing personally okay, but this is kind of stuff that disturbs me. Me too. Me too. I'm with you. I, I should have said what Dennis says. I'm fine. My country isn't. Right. Because you keep labeling us as racist. You keep labeling us as anti-Semitic. You keep labeling us as bigots, crazy people, violent, and all this other stuff. Don't forget fascists. Yep. Yep. And and all these other things, which everything the Democrats label on other people is really a reflection on themselves. Yes, that's what I meant when I said projection. You betcha. You betcha. And, yeah, and... And the thing that really is, is this frightening thing is the 87,000 IRS yes. um, agents yes. and all these things that they, they have set up, they're going to really harass um, the, the conservative people. And, and there's going to be someone who may go off the, off the edge that, that they've had it enough. And, and yeah, they're not reading the room, it. right? This is this is my point. I'll let you finish in a second, but let me just interject, Keith. That's right. They are not reading the room of the tension they are creating in this country when they label us Bull Connor, when they label us Jefferson Davis, when they call nothing more than peaceful parents domestic terrorists for you know having the gall to show up at a school board meeting, and then they put out advertisements. Uh, for a new passel of IRS agents uh, who are trained and willing to use guns and other lethal force. Yeah, they are not reading this room at all. It's not as if this country is a still calm pool of water right now, right? Oh, oh they are reading the room correctly. Okay. They know, they're acting like they, they're, they're innocent on this. They know they, they have shaken the, the champagne bottle up and they're waiting for that cork to go off. Okay. They have set the okay. narrative. And they want to use the government to move in on us. Let me way. understand that, the theory, because if it's if it's as, as I'm going to tell you, I think I agree with it. I may have even said something close to it. They're trying to push for a Reichstag moment. They're trying to encourage some kind of uh, breakdown of civility. They're trying to encourage some kind of an explosion of violence, even an individual act of violence that justifies their further crackdown. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. They, they would love... They would love to have the Timothy McVeigh moment. I got gotcha. you. Right okay. Now. Yeah, I agree and with that. They would love – yeah, exactly. And and the thing is, people need to understand the Democrat Party is the is the modern-day Nazi party. They just are. people. Well, if there's one party that judges people by race, it's not the Republican Party. I'll tell you that. That's right. And they're anti-Semitic. Any chance they got to go against Israel, they'll do it. And, and they hate any time the Republicans have stood up for Israel. They are – it's incredible how this party is so destructive to this nation. If the, let's put it this way. If the Republicans and the Republican Party didn't exist in this country, this country would fall apart. If the Democrats and Democrat voters didn't exist, we would have this country humming along. They are a boat anchor on this ship that's sailing through the sea. They are just dead weight to us. The Democrats are destructive. And they ruin people's lives. 
and the people that they've ruined these lives, they're, they're just a boat anchor to this, this nation. I hate saying that about people, but look at the average person that eats the, the junk the Democrats feed them every day, and they live by it. Those people are pretty much sheeps, and they're dumb people. They're just, they're just worthless. They, they don't have work, eth- work ethic. They don't have they don't have morals either. They're just useless idiots, is what they are. What um, Keith? Uh, Two part question for you. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll do the big and then the 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 less big or the smaller one. Um, you'll see why I said less big in a moment. What explains why nationally we're not seeing polls? Given the conditions you mentioned, and I agree with, we're not seeing polls. We're seeing polls where 75 to 90 percent of the country think we're going in the wrong direction. But we're not seeing polls that have overwhelming political majorities going to the Republicans. A, what explains that to you? And B, how is Georgia looking? Well, A, most most pollsters aren't serious anymore. And you should actually take a note of looking at the pollsters, which I have looking at real clear politics. And when it's over with, look who's really close and who's not. The ones who are not, just cancel them out the next time that they come around. Just don't pay attention to them because they're trying to set set the narrative that and just they just want to depress the conservative vote and help out the Democrat as much as possible. Okay, all right. And now tell me about Georgia. How's that race? How are those races? Well, I tell I tell you, I do think that Kemp's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of anger um, still with Stacey Abrams, what she pulled with a um, all-star game that many businesses have lost money because of her. And she, she's a tax evader. She's pulled a lot of stuff, and she gets away with stuff, and she, she, she has said a lot of bad things about people in Georgia as well. I think Herschel Walker will be fine, too. But they, these ads, they have run ads, and they, they're bombing him and, and making him out to be a, a crooked person and everything. And wait till Herschel Walker, and the thing is, Anyone who knows Herschel Walker, and I don't, but anyone who's observed him over the for many years, that man will not cuss. That man will. Yeah, he never seems like a gentle anything. giant to me. He's a true gentleman, yeah. no question he seems about like it. Well, a, yeah. Now his opponent, he's a real scumbag. He was a pastor of a church one time that he had uh, associate pastors underneath him that had gotten trouble for pet for uh, child abuse. Yeah. And and he covered for it. Yeah. And he's he was a wife beater and stuff like that. Yeah. He's a real scumbag. This, is this Warnock we're talking about? Yes, yeah. Warnock's a real yeah. scumbag. Boy, it's not even a close comparison as to who the decent and gentle person is, is it? Keith, thank you. I appreciate it. If you didn't get a, make another point, uh, you're welcome to stay, and I'll let you do it on the other side. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Yes, portions of which are brought to you by Balance of Nature. Balanceofnature.com is the website to get their fruits and veggies, which I take every single day. You can too. Balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Best product I've ever taken, but taken it for three years now. It's kept my immunity boosted. It's kept my uh, health and energy high. I um, can't say enough about it. I really can't if I... um, if I uh, go a day without it, I know it. And I will tell you this. I will tell you this. It's not going to take you weeks to know whether it's working. 
A, it will work. It's just fruits and veggies, a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables. And B, you'll know in a day or two. In a day or two, you'll notice the difference. Uh, Balanceofnature.com, use discount code BALANCE. The other big thing in the news is that the Department of Justice has released uh, redacted versions of the affidavit used to substantiate the search warrant at Mar-a-Lago. Um, I'll read you uh, what John Hinderocker wrote about it. Um, the affidavit recites various statutes and recounts the history of 15 boxes of documents that were removed from the White House to Mar-a-Lago and subsequently sent to the National Archives by President Trump. It says that those boxes included some documents that were marked as classified. It recites that there are additional boxes still at Mar-a-Lago and says there is reason to believe that these boxes, too, may contain classified information. It's the information on this point, however, that is so heavily redacted. Broadly speaking, there are several statutes at issue. The Presidential Records Act says that records of a former president belong to the National Archives. By the way, there are no penalties for violation of the Presidential Records Act by a former president. Let me just take a moment on this. Think about the shifting justifications for the raid at Mar-a-Lago, and it should tell you something, or maybe I should put that in the form of an interrogatory. Doesn't it tell you something that the justifications shifted throughout the story? First, it had to do with the violation of the Presidential Records Act. But then when people realized, well, that's not criminal, then it became about the Espionage Act, the Espionage Act of 1917, the Espionage Act of which is rarely, rarely used and certainly never against a president or former president. I can't think of a single office holder or ex-office holder it's ever been used. In fact, a lot of us wanted it to be used when they were linking, leaking, class, the Department of Defense was leaking classified wartime intelligence to the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, and the New York Times. We wanted it to be used. It wasn't used then. Even in wartime, during the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, when it could have been used, it wasn't used. So then they did that. When that started to fall apart, or at least not pass the laughed test, we learned, ah, nuclear codes. The president is being careless with nuclear codes. And then you have to stop and step back a moment and think, is President Trump trying to plan some kind of global thermonuclear war? Or is he so careless that the nuclear codes could end up in the wrong hands? Well, let's think about what that would entail. Is there anyone tracing down, chasing down these these cascades of of of, of absurdities? If the nuclear codes got into the wrong hands, whose hands? Who would Donald Trump pass them off to, or who would they, through laxity, end up in the hands of? And how would that person deploy the nuclear codes without the nuclear football, without the access to People who have the responsibility for deploying nuclear or any other weapons, A and B, and then C, the nonsense of not understanding that the nuclear codes change all the time. Even if he had them, you can rest assured they're no longer relevant. It's like your password on your AOL account from, I don't know, 1997. Yeah, I'm happy to give that to someone. It's irrelevant. 
I don't even know how to log into my AOL account from 1997 anymore. In any event, um, the criminal statutes relied on by the FBI, according to John Hinderocker, have to do with putting classified documents in an unauthorized location and conveying classified information to an unauthorized person. Who was the unauthorized person he conveyed classified information to? Look, end of day, end of day. Whatever it is that the Department of Justice found so important to stage a raid on Donald Trump's personal house over, they have the boxes back. They have those materials now. The case should just be closed and wrapped up and dropped and dumped. And apologies should be sent to the Trumps. And we'll take your calls on this when we come back. 602-5089-60. I'm Seth Liebson, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Cool Touch brings you portions of this show. Cool Touch air conditioning, heating, and plumbing. Love this company. Chris Funk has put together a great team at Cool Touch. You'll notice it from the moment you call them. Their customer service is fantastic, as is their service generally, their mechanical services. I've used them. My friends use them. They all say the same thing. It's different in a good way. It's just better at Cool Touch. You'll know it from the moment you call them. You can call them at 623-748-4942. That's 623-748-4942. Or visit them at CoolTouch.us. CoolTouch.us for any air conditioning or plumbing needs you may have. I'll say a few more things about the raid and the affidavit in a moment, but first, let's go to Doug in Carefree, Arizona. Hello, Doug. How are things on the Carefree Highway? Hi, Seth. Carefree Highway is doing well. Um, <laughs> you know you know that that, uh, that song was about, that Gordon Lightfoot song was about your Carefree Highway. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay. Back in the day when it was just a few cowboys out here. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, when he wrote that, I mean, Carefree and Cave Creek were just... It was you know, nothing, right? Yeah, I know, that's right. Yeah, I don't know what it means to slip no away man. on a highway, but it's a good nah, song. No okay, But I wanted to make the point about... Um, so, so having... You know, up until two years ago, I had an active top-secret clearance. Oh, okay. And okay. The, the President of the United States is the penultimate classification authority in the United States in the executive branch and so there's no level of classification that he isn't you know um, that doesn't have access to and and there's no level of classification that he can't declassify that's right you know at, at any time and for any reason that's right you know, because he is the he is the classification authority um, let, and, let me pause and, on and that so that. people understand it let me just pause on that point for a second Doug you have all the time in the world just one second here let me pause on it when President Trump was president and reporters were saying things like he is uh, releasing classified information because he was releasing previously classified information it was a lie it was not true by dint of being president and releasing it, he is with his authority, constitutional authority, declassifying the material. He has that power, that right, and as you put it, Doug, it's plenary. There is no question. There is no legal sanction. It's totally up to him whether he does it by judgment or by whim. 
That's the power of the presidency when it comes to classified documents of any level. He has total and complete authority to do that. Anyway, go ahead. Well, and, and to segue, so, so no matter how many items that he has in his possession, you know, Oh, 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 okay, I got to go back. Okay, yeah, sure. inside baseball and classified material. Okay, the first time that someone, any agent of the U.S. government, discovers that a piece of classified that they think has been what's called spillage that yep. has been released yep. uh, inappropriately, the very first step is to secure the classified. That's right. Not to start an investigation. That's right. The secure it. Yeah, yeah, that's is, right. Yeah. Is secure is secure the classified. Right. Not eighteen months later. Right. Okay. Right. So. The second step is then to investigate what has happened. The third step is to go into some sort of adjudication, you know. And and spillage is a serious thing. Sure. I've had people that I've known that have lost their careers over spillage. You yep. know, having something that's classified released in an un, you know onto an unclassified computer system or or physically released or, or whatever it is. Um, Hillary avoided all that. Yep. You know, she had over a thousand episodes of spillage, and each episode of spillage, if done as an act of commission, is a felony. Right. You know, right. and it can be a felony even if it's an act of omission. That's but right. anyways, you know, that notwithstanding... And that does Hillary involve the Rodham Espionage Clinton. Act, by the way, as far as I remember my study of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yes, sir, it does. Mm-hmm. And also the National Security Act of 1947, right. which essentially established the current structure of classified information. Right. You know, you know, and it's voluminous in, in how you have to handle it. And anyone and there are tiers, too, right? That's your point, too, as well. Part of the 1947 Act created tiers of classification, too, right? From classified to top secret to secret, right? That kind of stuff. Well, yeah, there are a lot of, I mean, and there are actual tiers that of unclassified information. That's right. Too. Sensitive but unclassified, right. law enforcement only, right? you know. Uh, limited distribution, right. you know, for official use only. Right. I mean, there are a lot of tiers. Yep. Okay. Uh, but but the the the, the um, I kind of lost track. Okay. So so basically, um, and before I lose my point, I want to make so I, I have heard from people inside the system, you know, uh, both law enforcement and military intelligence that the objective was to seize the materials that Trump had accumulated from the Russian hoax, the Mueller investigation, and both of his impeachments, because when he, uh, 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 you know, uh, you know, fleeted up, as we say in the military, to the, the presidency again, he was going to go after people. And so the FBI, this was a preemptive strike to remove those materials, so he didn't physically have them. Hopefully he has digital copies, I don't know, but this... So, so the FBI is the Stasi, and and on behalf of the deep state and their own and and protecting themselves because they're complicit in both Russian hoax, collusion, the dossier, the Mueller investigation, impeachment one and impeachment two. Their you know their thumbprints are all over all of that, and so it, it, it has little to do with classification. And oh my gosh, your point about nuclear codes—they change. <laughs> They change every day. Yeah, right. Sometimes right. during the day. Right, and <laughs> right, so right. It, so, so it, it's it's nonsensical to say that he had nuclear codes. Well, even if he did, it's nonsensical because they don't mean anything. That's right. They're alphanumerics that that at one. You might point, as well have had my they, AOL password from twenty years ago. Exactly. Right, and the Russians would have more success launching 
you know, stealing our new codes with your AOL password. Right. Because the, I, I was, anyways, I won't say any more because I don't want to say too much. But anyways, the, the 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 point is, is this this you know, and and the truth of the matter is starting to come out of of how craven and how self serving this was for DOJ and FBI. You know, and and because the redactions, you know, don't they cover a lot? Like the people that. You know the the people that came forward and swore out that there was, uh, you know, credible. Yeah, the names of uh, confidential informants and things like that, of course, would be blacked out. Yeah, sure. Right. Well, not not necessarily. Okay. I mean, th- there's a certain level of federal agent that he does not get that protection. You know, like. But I you know, I I, I do think I, it's important to say one thing and then another. Uh, Doug, and you're welcome to stay as I go to break if you want to finish any other thoughts on the other side of this break. You're welcome to. Uh, you're obviously uh, well well informed on this issue. Uh, the one thing that's important to say is he has the right to declassify anything he darned well wants for whatever reason or no reason when he's president. That authority does not carry forward after the presidency. However, there has been credible testimony by agents, uh, excuse me, by uh, assistants and aides to President Trump that claim he did declassify these before he went. So that is going to be an open question, too. Again, I have to take a quick break. If you want to stay and make another point, you're welcome to. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Doug, are you still there? Are you still with us? Uh, yes, sir. And, and if I could just make one more sure. salient point. Yeah. Um, the FBI visited Mar-a-Lago in January. That's right. Um, they did not take the classified documents at that time. The National Archives, a gentleman, I can't remember his name, visited in, in February, and he recommended that they store these behind lock and key, and Trump complied. The FBI then visited again in June. Again, FBI, January, didn't take the documents. National Archives, February, didn't take the documents. June, FBI, didn't take the documents. Big splashy raid, oh my gosh, Mar-a-Lago, nuclear secrets. You know, this guy, you know, should never hold office again. You know, so it's it's all cravenly political, and it just, it, it, it drives me crazy because it, it, it trades on the ignorance that people have of classified, which right. they generally should because we shouldn't talk about right. classified. Right. You know? Right. And so now they hide behind the shield. Oh, well, it's classified. We can't tell you what it is. Right. Bull crap. You know? It's just, yeah, you, you guys you guys brought this. You stirred the hornet's nest. Now you've got to deal with it. The other thing is the process of declassifying. You know, if something's TS, you can go to the what's called the Origination Control Authority, and ask for it to either be moved up or moved down, depending on who you need to release it to. And they can decide whether to do it or not. Now, formally, for the president to do it, it's essentially a memorandum right. listing everything and saying, I declassify, right. you know, sign Donald J. Trump, yep. you know, witness by or whatever, you know. And do, you know, and so if, if, if he initiated that in any, any form or fashion, and there's a copy of that anywhere. You know, one of his aides witnessed it or was in the room when he did it. You're done. You know. The other He's thing, too, Doug, any- isn't it true also that um, 
and 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 we don't know enough here to say this is at play, but it is also true as someone who's been involved in this as you have to know that we tend to not underclassify, we tend to overclassify, right? I mean, there's a lot that's classified that people would look at and say, "Why the hell was this classified?" You know, right? Um, as an example, the formula for invisible ink from World War One was declassified in 2011. Okay, <laughs> okay. there you go. <laughs> there you go. Okay, <laughs> and, and, and that's just one anecdote, yeah. but there are reams, there are volumes, boxes, there's freaking a warehouse full of stuff yeah. from World War One that's still classified, and there's a ton of stuff from World War Two that's still classified, uh-huh. and Korea, and, and ad infinitum. And why would it be classified? Well, it's embarrassing to somebody, you know, some ambassador said something stupid about right. the French, whatever it is, right. you know, and like the UFO thing, you know, we went through all that folderol to try and get the <laughs> UFO stuff declassified, and, and at the last minute, oh, no, we can't release that. Well, it just it just feeds the conspiracy guys saying, oh, my gosh, it's, it's aliens, and it may be aliens, I don't know, you know, um, I won't. I won't go into anything about UFOs. <laughs> but what they did but, release, you have to scratch your head and say, why was that classified in the first place? They released some of this classified stuff, and we looked at it, and we don't know any more than we knew two years ago, right? To your point. And thank you, Folderol. Great word. Great use of it. Doug, thank you for your expertise and your call. I'm Seth. Don't go away. Much more coming up.